When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents Cool Sheets from AHA to Lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my AHA moment, bedsheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bedsheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. You're listening to the college football coast to coast show. Here are your hosts, Jacob and Tyler. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It is the college football coast to coast show. We are diving in on this Thursday evening. We're going to be diving into a couple of more matchups this weekend and we're going to uh kind of do something a little different and uh see how this goes uh for our podcast kind of a, a test run mm-hmm. here but but we're going to try it out and and see if it works uh so this is our top 5 Thursday so we're going to be doing this every Thursday for the week so this is our top 5 Thursday for week 4 uh as we get into week 4 so we're going to preview some games to start off. Uh, we're going to dive into a, the first one we chose. Just to give you a background, we're, we chose one game from each of the Power 5 conferences as part of the top Correct. five. And we'll get into the other part of the top five later on in the show. Absolutely. So our So our first game is going to be an SEC bout between LSU at Mississippi State. Um, Tyler, let me get your thoughts first on, uh, how LSU can, can come away with the victory in this one. Uh, do better than what they did uh, last year against Mississippi state. Cause, uh, if we just flash back, uh, to last year in 2020, this was the season opener for both of these teams because last year the SEC just played all SEC schedule. And this is going to be both teams first, uh, you know, taste of SEC play in 2021. So LSU's definitely going to do better, get a uh, plan better for this air raid offense that they struggled against last year. 
Uh, LSU's offense uh, had their best game uh, last weekend against Central Michigan. They put up 49 points. The defense uh, really played a solid game. They let up a couple of garbage uh, touchdowns uh, at the end during garbage time. Uh, Mississippi State, on the other hand, we talked about this and their controversial call. They're coming off of that, so they're going to be really motivated coming off of that uh, controversial loss. So I think uh, both of these offenses will be ready to come to play. This is probably going to be a game that uh, both teams are going to get in the 30s. But this rivalry game is always close uh, going down to the wire. But in the end, I think LSU gets their revenge from what happened to last year. I'm going to go LSU 35, Mississippi State 31. Oh, a little high-scoring game there for SEC mm-hmm. play at least yeah, absolutely. Uh, once we get into the season. So I'm looking at the numbers right now. I'm kind of looking at a little bit at team stats. Uh, they're very similar teams. I mean, on yeah. both sides of the ball, very similar teams. Kind of right. on the same offense, I would say. Everything runs through the LSU's quarterback. More of a, Mississippi State's more of an air raid. LSU, you know, has had some trouble through uh, throughout this season running the ball. And I definitely think that's another key if uh, they want to beat Mississippi State. They can't always uh, pass it with Max Johnson. Right, right. Yeah, you can't be one-dimensional, especially in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, I think, one thing that Mississippi State struggles with is relying on a key running back. Um, they definitely have the receivers to, to to make an offense. It's it's relying on key backs to to kind of keep the defense honest. Uh, and I think that's one thing that LSU does well. Uh, and I think that wins them games. And that's why I think they were so elusive, you know, just a couple of years ago. Because uh, mm-hmm. they, they had good backs and a good quarterback that could spread the ball out a little more and uh, and keep teams on their toes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Mississippi State's the two-and-a-half-point favorite here. Uh, They're both evenly matched. And I get the two-and-a-half-point favorite because they're at home. Um, A loud environment. I I get it. I mean, I can see it. But uh, in this game, I I think I got to go with Mississippi State in this one. Just because they're at home, uh, they're a little ticked off about last week with the whole Memphis situation. Uh, so I expect them to come out firing from the very beginning. I expect their defense to still be energized. Um, a very good defensive front with this Mississippi State team. Uh, something we haven't seen from them in the past. Definitely a little stronger, a little more mobile, I would say. Uh, the SEC is known for just having big, burly guys. But I think this one, uh, is they're very mobile. So uh, I'm going to go this one. A little low scoring lower scoring for me. I'm going to go 27-21 in Mississippi State. So let's dive into our second game. We're going to move on to the Big 12 in uh, a little uh, brotherly match between two Texas teams. Uh, Little brother against big brother, I would say. (laughs) Uh, But it's going to be Texas Tech on the road visiting Texas. Um, kind of uh, close to home for these two uh, matchup. Let me get your thoughts first, Tyler. Uh, yeah. Um, Texas uh, had a nice uh, win uh, after their loss against Arkansas. We talked about that a couple of weeks on the show. Uh, they played Rice. Uh, they put up a really good showing against them. Texas Tech is a really underrated team right now. Three zero. One of the few teams left uh, in the Big Twelve that are three zero. The other two teams are Oklahoma uh, and Baylor. So uh, it's going to be interesting uh, how Texas Tech, uh, you know, goes into this game. Honestly, this is going to be a game with a lot of points. Uh, Two uh, really good offense on both sides. Texas Tech uh, is honestly known, you know, Mike Leach going back uh, 
to Texas Tech uh, with that air raid offense. It seems that that offense has really transpired all the way to 2021. Texas, on the other hand, I would probably trust their defense more than Texas Tech. Texas Tech is a little young compared to Texas on the defense. But Texas says defense, you know, in some of these games that they played uh, throughout the season so far uh, have struggled, especially the one against Arkansas where they let up 40 points. So I expected this one to be a shootout like it always is. But Texas should get this uh, win by a pretty uh, wide margin. I would say at least 10 points. Uh, I'm going to go Texas 38, Texas Tech 28. All right, a little 10-point difference there, a little two-score game. Uh, so one thing interesting, I'm looking at, at Texas Tech's uh, you know, statistics here so far for the first three games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as far as offense goes, these two teams are kind of close, I would say, both in the 400 yeah. range, mid-400 range, as far as total yards, uh, both putting up close to 40-plus points a game. Um, I mean, you're talking about all-out air raid offense. Um, I mean, and then, like, yeah, in the Big 12, a lot of offense. Yeah, I mean, as far as allowing points a game, kind of stay around on the 20 mark. But the interesting number that jumped out to me, Texas is has allowed 184 rushing yards this season. Hmm. Texas Tech has allowed 54 rushing yards this season. Yes, wow. 54 rushing yards. So that is either, either their rush defense is good or no one just runs it on them, it seems like. I don't know, but all I know is that 54 yards, that is just past midfield. That's what they're giving up just so far this season. That's a football field so far. Yeah, so uh, I would say a very good start on the defense. Yeah, I think that's going to be the key for them. They're going to have to still limit. It's going to be interesting, you know, if these – uh, running games can, uh, you know, especially after that stat that you gave me, if they can run the ball against each other. Yeah, and and I think that if Texas is smart and, and that that Texas coaching staff is smart, they look at these numbers and say, well, Texas Tech is allowing 236 yards passing this season. Right. And they're only allowing 54 yards on the rush. So let's throw the ball. I mean, if you're smart, throw the ball. That's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. It shows that their secondary is weak. Um, it, to me, that's what it seems like. Um, not that I've paid a lot of attention to Texas Tech this season, but that's what jumps out to me. Um, but no, I, I, I expect this game to be very close. I think this is going to come down to kind of a last possession type thing. So it's going to be a one score game. Um, a lot of offense. I expect this game to have a lot of offense. I'm going to go Texas 45, Texas Tech Hmm, 38. Hmm. So we'll, keep it, we'll keep it a touchdown game, but I expect Texas to uh, kind of take advantage of uh, this weak uh, pass defense from, from yeah. Texas Tech. Yeah, definitely in the green. So there's going to be a lot of points uh, in this one between the Red Raiders and Longhorns. So definitely looking forward to this matchup. Definitely. And then moving on to our third game, we're going to move on to the Big Ten. We're going to take a little tiny baby team with the Nebraska Cornhuskers, who I would say are not exactly the biggest team in the Big Ten, facing off against what used to be a big team in the Big Ten, and they're (laughs) starting to work their way back up, which is Michigan State. Uh, So, yes, that's Nebraska on the road to number 20, Michigan State. 
Uh, it's been a while since we've seen Michigan State in the top 25 and progressively moving up, I think. Um, this game is going to decide a lot in the Big Ten. It is. It doesn't seem like it with the two teams. But if you really look at the standings in the Big Ten, um, for me, following Big Ten football is one of those things that's like a religion. Um, (laughs) But these two teams, not at the top of, of the division, I know that Michigan State is still you know, a very good football team in Nebraska, just coming off a loss to Oklahoma on the road, a very close game though. Uh, I expect it to be, you know, pretty nail biting to be honest with you. I mean, Michigan state's only a five point favorite in this game. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know which way to lean on this game. Tyler. Yeah, this, I mean, Michigan State coming off that big uh, road victory against Miami, 38-17. Nebraska coming off that heartbreaking loss, you know, where they played Oklahoma, you know, to the very end, you know, had costly turnovers by Martinez uh, in the end that really cost them. But only losing that game 23-16 to a top three opponent. So, uh, you know, Michigan State, you know, coming in this game, coming off a big win, they can't really get too high on themselves. They got a big game this weekend. Nebraska, you know, they got to pick themselves up, uh, you know, after that was their honestly their best game of the season so far, even though it was a loss. I understand that. I'm sure, you know, Cornhusker fans are still, you know, mad that they didn't win that game, you know, a, a rivalry game, you know, dating back all the way to whenever uh, Nebraska was in the Big 12 for who knows how long. But I definitely agree with you, you know, I think uh, the line is right there. Michigan State, uh, I think, the you know, Vegas knows something that, about Nebraska and, you know, how they're starting to play better and, you know, play better for their coach and Scott Frost. But Nebraska, I mean, their main key, if their defense uh, can't really contain Peyton Thorne, then it's going to be a very long day for this Nebraska defense. If they're able to contain Peyton Thorne and make Michigan State, you know, beat them by, uh, you know, their running game, Michigan State, you know, is a really balanced attack. But, you know, this season, you know, Michigan State has really relied on their quarterback. I know, Peyton Thorne is your early Heisman favorite. So I look uh, forward to, to watching him play against this Nebraska defense. That's looked to be, uh, you know, really getting better because we go back to that first game where they lose that game to Illinois, give up 30 points. But going back to this game, in the end, though, since it's in East Lansing, Michigan State, I think it's going to be like a 20s type of ball game. I think uh, Nebraska, yeah, it's going to be right around that line, like three a touchdown, uh, you know, win for Michigan State. But I had the Spartans winning this one, 27-21 against Nebraska. But Nebraska is going to give all Michigan State can handle in this one. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I really think that Nebraska is, has turned the corner. I agree. Especially after a loss last week. I, it, look, sometimes a loss is the best thing for a football team. Absolutely. It doesn't matter what team it is, what conference it is. Sometimes a loss is good. And that was a good loss. I know that sounds weird, but it was a good loss. Uh, But Nebraska is a team to watch out for. I would say they're a 500 team this year, and they're currently playing 500 ball. But going back to Michigan State, I know you had mentioned Peyton Thorne. Yes, he is my early Heisman pick. But here's why. Michigan State has over 500 yards 
total in three football games. And, and they didn't play. I mean, really, I mean, they put up 38 points on Miami last week on the road. So and That's not always easy against Miami defense either. No, and, and I don't think Miami is exactly the team that they once were. Yeah. Um, but keep in mind, these, these two teams can all outscore the football. And that's something we hadn't seen from Nebraska in a long time. So I expect this game to have big, uh, you know, uh, home field advantage impacts. So I I think Michigan State will win this game. I do expect it to be close. I'm going to go 24-21 Michigan State. So uh, then we're going to move on to our next conference, which will go out west. We're going to go take a plane out west to uh, from Let's Michigan go. all the way out to California as we are going out to play a football game. It is ranked 24 UCLA on the road to visit the Stanford Cardinals. Now, this is a uh, big impact game in the big – I'm sorry, one. in the Pac-12. Yes, another game. You're talking about – Two teams not very high up in the rankings, still very good ranked football teams that are going to battle it out tooth and nail. Um, you know, and and I listened to something today that really caught my caught my attention, and that was that this is a different season that we're seeing this year. I think it, it's very. Uh, it's different in this aspect that it's not so much we're going to get two teams against each other and it's just going to be all-out offense. I feel like we're going to talk about more games as we get later in the season. We're going to talk about more games where it's going to be like this is a grind-out football game where it's going to be bloody noses and ripping each other's legs off. Like I feel like we're going to get to that point. Um, And I think this is one of those football games. Uh, both teams two and one to start the season. Uh, I think I'm going to give the edge to UCLA on the road. Um, first of all, they don't have to travel very far. Um, nice thing about being in the Pac-12, <laughs> but it's not by much. Um, they've kind of kept all their games close, with the exception of Hawaii, um, which was, you know, that's a fluke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hawaii didn't really, uh, you know, uh, didn't stand a didn't, chance. They didn't show up for that game, pretty much. Um, but I expect uh, UCLA to win this game. I'm gonna go 35, 14. Hmm. UCLA, a little lengthy margin. Hmm. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. This is a definitely a big game in the Pac-12. You know, Stanford has got. They can't really afford to lose any games. Uh. You know, especially when they're in the division with Oregon Ducks. I, I don't expect Oregon to lose many games. I, I would say at the very minimum, like two games, but I have them going like 11-1, 12-0. UCLA on the other end, uh, whenever we were doing our conference championship picks, I had UCLA win the South. So, yeah, this is a big game uh, for both of these teams. UCLA coming off of that uh, loss at home against Fresno State. Stanford coming off of that road victory in Nashville against the Vanderbilt Commodores. I think this one is going to be a very close game. I don't. This could either be a low-scoring game or a high-scoring game. Uh, I think offenses, though, uh, 
will be uh, key in this one. Uh, UCLA's got a pretty talented quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Uh, he's a really underrated quarterback that's not really – no one has been talking about. Uh, Stanford has got a really good defense. UCLA's got t- a talented defense as well. Uh, this is a really tough uh, matchup for me to pick. Uh, I mean, these are two evenly matched teams. Stanford, I think, uh, uh, could also be a top 25 team. Uh, as well, but I'm going to go with UCLA in this one. I think they're going to sneak out this one. I think uh, after that Fresno State loss, you know, uh, like you said, a loss sometimes could be a good thing. I think this is going to be a good wake up call uh, for UCLA going on the road to Stanford. Uh, but I'm going to take the Bruins in this one 34 uh, 30 against Stanford. Yeah, strange, strange uh, score there, but yeah. I mean, we saw it. I was one point off, so I'm trying to go more strange scores here. <laughs> Not doing that again. Don't be all over the place with the scores we'll for right. the season. Yes. Uh, so we're going to move back to the East Coast now. We got one more conference to cover, yes, and that the is ACC. the lovely ACC. Uh, it is a matchup featuring the number 21 ranked North Carolina Tar Heels on the road to face Georgia Tech. Um, This is probably, for me, the most interesting game of the weekend that isn't, like, a big game, I would say. Yeah. Like, it's it's the most interesting one outside of, like, Notre Dame and Wisconsin. I yeah, yeah, just I because, mean, yeah, yeah, just because I think that Georgia Tech isn't the team everybody thinks they are, and I don't know if it was just Clemson having a bad week last week or or Georgia Tech's just that for real. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I think Georgia Tech's better than a one and two record. Yeah, I definitely think uh, that this is the game. You know, to answer your question, is Georgia Tech for real? You know, they played Clemson close. You know, they lost 14-8. Everyone's been talking about them. Uh, but, you know, can they do it again? And can they get a victory against a top 25 opponent? I mean, Georgia Tech hasn't done that in a couple of seasons, I think. They, I mean, they have like a con- couple of consecutive uh, losing seasons after Paul Johnson announced his retirement. But, you know, North Carolina, you know, everyone's been riding them off after their week one loss against Virginia Tech. I still think that North Carolina still has all the talent and especially, you know, the head coach uh, with Mac Brown to lead them uh, back to Charlotte in the ACC championship. Uh, but, yeah, this is definitely not going to be easy, easy road test. Georgia Tech, you know, that with that one and two record, like you said, they're not really a one and two team the way they showed it, you know, against uh, a top five team in Clemson. Uh, but in the end, though, I'm at to go with North Carolina. I just think North Carolina uh, just has uh, way more offense uh, than Georgia Tech. I think Georgia Tech defense, though, if they're able to, you know, to shut down Sam Howell and get a couple of turnovers, and this could be Georgia Tech's uh, game to run away with. I don't think it's going to go quite like that. I think Sam Howell will get it together. But it is going to be a low-scoring game. Both of these defenses, I think, will be uh, the main show in this one. I got North Carolina winning this one in a nail biter. I think it's going to come down to like maybe a game winning field goal. So North Carolina, 24, Georgia tech, 23. Man, one score game. Yeah. I think I'm saying a game winning field goal. North Carolina is going to come down (laughs) to the last second. Yeah. uh, Something I'd like to see. Definitely. 
I do think that North Carolina has the better offense in this game. Without um, a doubt. With Yeah, absolutely. But I think if Georgia Tech's defense shows up, and they can, I think without a doubt, Georgia Tech could hold North Carolina to 24 points. I mean, I think that's completely possible. Uh, but my question mark is, is that does Georgia Tech have offense? Because we yeah. didn't see it. We didn't see it last week. I, I know you're playing Clemson on the road, but it, if offense shows up in that game, they win that game. Um, so it's clear that they have a little bit, but uh, it's not too much. They're kind of staying in the in the mid two hundreds mark as far as yardage a season. I mean, that's both on both sides of the ball. Um, but you know, if North Carolina keeps up the twenty four points per game that they're going with, I don't think they lose this game. And like you said, I think North Carolina is, I, I, I do think that North Carolina is good enough to stay in, in the top 25 um, for the entire season. I think they're good enough to get a decent bowl game. Um, but I expect this game to be factored in as far as, you know, Georgia tech is a sleeper. <laughs> this is like one of my top five sleeper teams, I would say. Um, so uh, mm. I expect Georgia Tech to actually win this football game. It's a little strange. Um, I did not pick North Carolina to make it to the ACC championship. Um, so, of course, I have the weirdest ACC championship game, I think, out of anybody in the world. Well, if you want to go to that, just listen to our last episode <laughs> and uh, catch uh, Jacob's uh, interesting ACC championship game matchup. Yeah, so I'm going to go Georgia Tech in this game, but I think it's going to be close, like you said. Uh, but I'm going to take just a little bit higher than you. So I'm going to go with the 28, 24 finish in this one. Yeah, I definitely agree. Georgia tech's going to win this one. They got a score against North Carolina. All right. Now we're going to transition into the second half of the show and, uh, introduce, uh, our top five segments. We got two top five segments. We're going to have this, uh, Kind of weekly here. This is how we're going to do uh, Thursdays, uh, you know, top five Thursdays. And now we're going to have our top five. It's pretty much going to go on along, along, along the lines of how we do our hot topics on our Tuesday show. So the first one is top five stadiums. Now, I mean, this is kind of a general, like it could be based on environment, you know, architectural structure or just eh, we just like it. So let's go on to you, number hey, five. Hey, you you know I have a knack for architectural beams and yes. things like that. Yes, it's a concrete, you know, <laughs> properly put down. Like, did they put enough concrete for it to stand? <laughs> and with old Mother Nature's forces. I focus on the density of the concrete. All right. All right. <laughs> with that being said... Let's get to number five. Starting with your number five, Jacob, uh, I, it's a really an iconic one. With the Rose Bowl, we obviously know the Rose Bowl game. This is the home of UCLA Bruins, technically. But I think you picked this one because of the Rose Bowl game. Yeah, I picked this game because every year, New Year's Six, I watch this Rose Bowl game. Uh, I, I think that's that's one of the best games to watch when I'm sitting there uh, and just, you know, taking in college football. I think it's an iconic stadium, uh, a very unique stadium. There's a lot of buildup, and I think that there's so much buildup around that game uh, that it has to be in my top five. 
Um, it's just one of the best. And I think we've seen some of the best plays in football history, college football history, happen in the Rose Bowl in that very stadium. Uh, so it has to be my number five. Yeah, to start off my number five, I'm going to go Tennessee's Neyland Stadium. Now, I know uh, Tennessee uh, in the past couple of years have not been the program, you know, how it was in the early 2000s and then the 1990s. I definitely know that, but Neyland Stadium along the Rose Bowl is uh, one of the best uh, stadiums uh, in the country. Uh, I mean, just look at the checkerboard. Like all of 100,000 of these fans are in, sequ- in sequence to do an orange and white checkerboard. It, it just look it just looks really cool whenever you watch it. And obviously, you know, whenever the team is running out, they got the T, which is uh, one of the most iconic entrances in all of college football. Really underrated. Uh, but yeah, I had to give it uh, to Neyland Stadium. I really couldn't, you know, with the history of it. You know, and I know the team hasn't been good in the past couple of years, but you know, just uh, the fans are just really passionate about their Tennessee football. So, so Tyler, with with your with your Neyland Stadium. Me being a guy from the state of Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that that would be coordinated by just the fans. Um, I don't yeah. think that not to bash the people of Tennessee because I am one of you, uh, but I don't think that the community of Tennessee would be smart enough to know in <laughs> sequence white, orange, white, orange, white, orange, and so on. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> I I don't think they could keep it up every game. Although I would think it would be pretty cool to do it every game, but it would be. I just had to put my input in there because uh, I do think, but no, no, but I do think that that Tennessee uh, has a widespread fan base. It doesn't matter what part of Tennessee it is; you'll have volunteer fans anywhere you go. Yeah, I definitely agree with your pick with the Rose Bowl. I mean, it was just so iconic. Uh, I, I'm glad that you at least uh, put it on there and the <laughs> fans uh, listening to this, you know, don't, you know, come at me too hard. But let's go on to uh, number four. You got a you got a really interesting one here uh, with Boise State's Albertson Stadium. You know, it's iconic for that blue field. So why don't you take it away with uh, why you put it number four? Yeah, so uh, as, a, as a young lad, I uh, – I had a growing lawn business and, and I have a knack for, for, uh, grass. Um, not to say that that is actual grass, but it'd be pretty cool if it was actual grass. Um, but I, there's something about the blue and the orange together. And it's like the blue pops. So like they picked the perfect color blue and we'll get, we'll get to that later. But I, I love it because there's nothing else like it. And I picked this on my number four just out of uniqueness because I I don't think that anybody could ever have another blue field like this and be able to pull it off like Boise State does. Yeah, you see other teams, you know, trying to pull off like a red field in Coastal Carolina with the teal field. It still looks good, but I mean, nothing's going to compare it to Boise State's blue field. You know, I believe they were the first one to do it, you know, not do like a normal like green grass. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I definitely, I definitely agree with Boise State uh, being in your top five. Really unique uh, stadium that I'm sure a lot of college football fans know because, like, if you like look at that field, you know it's home of Boise State. Absolutely. Yeah, and going to my number four is Michigan Stadium, also known as the Big House. I'm sure a lot of people call this the Big House, other than Michigan Stadium. You know, I had to put this on there. You know. It's a really cool environment. You know, it's it's like an old style, you know. It doesn't really, you know, go like all the way up to the upper decks. It's a closed-in lower bowl. 
Uh, but yeah, the fans are get really rowdy uh, at the big house. A lot of big games uh, that have gone on throughout that stadium. You know, the, the Notre Dame games, uh, you know, that stadium got really loud. You know, whenever Ohio State travels in there, that's another big game as well. Uh, I think the main uh, game that really gets the loudest probably is the maze out game. It looks really cool, you know, with all of those uh, maze pom-poms, you know, going in uh, fruition, you know, all of the fans. You know, I'm not really a fan of pom-poms at the stadium, but whenever you do it right, like Michigan, you know, whenever it's in sequence, uh, yeah, I got to put them on my list. So they're going to be number four. All right, let's go on to number three. And you have, uh, well, here we go again with the big house, Michigan Stadium. With yeah, number three. So what are what are your kind of takeaways uh, from Michigan Stadium being on here? So, so the reason they aren't higher, I'm going to give you the reason why they're not higher on my list, um, is because, number one, I don't think the architecture allows – I'm going to start getting into, like, we're going to start yeah. diving I mean, in here. I mean, I love this. Like, get ready. Get some ready. landscape architecture, maybe. I don't think the architecture is done right in order to keep the fan noise in the stadium. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, it's kind of like the Notre Dame syndrome, I think. Like, it would be mm. louder if they had raised it, I think, and kept it more enclosed. That way it bounces off of everything. But, no, it's like it's like having football on a flat field. Like, I know the field's flat, but, like, if everybody was sitting in, like, fold-out chairs for, like, thousands of rows, and it was just flat. And like everybody's like, "Hey, can you put your head down so that I can see what's going on on the field?" Like that—that's that's what it—that's what it looks like to me. And to to, to note your maze out game that you referenced, uh, I don't think it needs to be called maze out because number one, they don't have corn over their head and they're not swinging it up in the air. And number two, <laughs> Nebraska we're talking about now. They might as well get sponsored by Sharpie because they look all like highlighters out there, like. <laughs> I, I don't think Michigan's they don't bleed onto the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Michigan's yellow is not yellow at, at by any means. It is straight highlighter. It is highlighter. Uh, prove me wrong because I will put a highlighter up to somebody in the middle of the stand and say, "Find it." Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, nobody looks like it's all one big group, and I think they plan that. But it, it, it <laughs> the stadium's architecture is not done correctly for it to be as loud as it needs to be with that many people in it. The number one, as far as big attendance stadiums mm-hmm. in the world. Right. And uh, I'm going to go number three, Texas A&M's Kyle Field. Now, if you notice a trend so far, my stadiums, uh, all of the max capacity has been over 100,000. And Kyle Field, I believe, is the biggest now college football field. Correct me if I'm wrong. You can go ahead. Is Kyle Field the biggest? I think it no, is. You are, you are oh, oh, as I'm far wrong. as attendance? Yeah. Like you are max, no, you're max, you're wrong. I'm wrong. Is it Penn State? No, they, number one is the big house still. The big house. It's still the Michigan big house. Really? I thought Kyle still, Field got all the way up to 107. No, Michigan is still the biggest currently. If right. I if I remember correctly, I believe Michigan is still the biggest. All right. Well, going back to Kyle Field, I mean it's home of the 12th man. I mean, how can I not put uh, the 12th man in the top five? You know, before expansion, after expansion, uh, those fans uh, really get loud, you know, doing all of their chants. Uh, you know, I don't really know uh, 
<laughs> like some of those uh, chants and why they do it. Maybe there's a history and a story behind it. But yeah, I got to go with Home in the Twelfth Man. I mean, we built this stadium in Minecraft, <laughs> but so that's yeah. another reason. Yeah, it was it was a big stadium. It took us several months uh, to build it. I mean, we had to get rid of it eventually. But yeah, I got to go for Kyle Field uh, as my uh, number three stadium. Yeah, so your All top right. three stadiums, actually biggest stadiums in college football, are number one Michigan Stadium, uh, and it mm-hmm. is a hundred and seven thousand plus. Okay. Uh, number two and number three, we'll get into uh, in a little bit, I think. All right, number two, going to our top two, and you got LSU's Tiger Stadium. So take it away. Yeah, um, I have wit. Yeah, I've witnessed a few games in the stadium, uh, and I will say that there's not too much like it in the country uh, as far as stadiums go, whether it be any sport. Um, Very strange environment. If you are not from the state of Louisiana and you go to a game in Tiger Stadium, uh, then you probably won't I'm enjoy it. I'm not sure you'll come out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure you'll come out the same person you went in. Um, just because, number one, you know you're in Louisiana when you go in the stadium because it, it, they might as well be selling boudin every single... <laughs> yeah, they, they might as well sell boudin and beer at every single concourse entrance because that's what it's like. It's like you're... It, it feels like I'm on an airboat in the bayou and I'm just getting bashed with the like, humidity out the wazoo and it's just loud uh, last time i went to a game there was against auburn that was two years Mm ago uh and we're coming up i guess on that game again uh, this season yeah Yeah, so so last time i went to that game it was chaos Uh, I had drunk people falling down the stairs oh my god and if you're watching on twitch right now and you see the LSU symbol in the closest end zone there, that is by far, you know, I think the steepest stadium section I've ever seen in my life. Well, you haven't been to the upper decks then because that is like double the amount of steep. Oh, I, yeah, I don't I don't want to go up there. I, I have said multiple times that if I go up there, I will fall off and I will look like the cat in Miami. <laughs> we saw that, man. That's, a, that's another story we had to get to. All right, yeah. Uh, my number two is going to be Beaver Stadium, but honestly, like both of these, both of my top two, like this is one A and one B. I mean, there's not really like this is like Beaver Stadium and Tiger Stadium. I mean, I'm going to give it away is my one and two, but honestly, they're number one. It, it's it's a, it's a tie for me right now. Beaver Stadium, of course, you know, with the 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 whiteout game, you know. That's like the best atmosphere in all of college football. Uh, but, you know, whenever, like, I watched, uh, you know, the Sky Cam this past weekend and then the Sky Cam, you know, back in 2019. And even watching that, I got goosebumps. So I don't even know what to imagine, you know, going into this stadium, like what I would feel. I would probably just pass out and probably croak if I ever experienced this of how, just how awesome it is. So I got to give it. Uh, a top two to be receiving. If you don't have be receiving your top two, then you're just wrong. 
Yeah, um, and I think that'll probably lead into our number yeah, one. Yeah, lead into to your uh, number one, which is Beaver Stadium. So, I mean, yeah. our top two is pretty identical. I have number one, Tiger Stadium as well. Yeah, so, so the reason Beaver Stadium is my number one, not only because I think people are going to get the growing uh, uh, fact that I am a Penn State fan, um, I'll just say it now, right. um, but this stadium is unlike anything, I think, uh, in the country. I know LSU is right there with it. It's just, it's a different part of the country. Mm-hmm. So you, at at Tiger Stadium, you just get a bunch of drunk, drunk people just screaming at the top of their lungs, and they're good at that. So, you yeah. know, that's what they are. Most people from, from the South and Southern Louisiana are loud, just period. Yes. And the same thing with Pennsylvania. Most people from uh, the valley in the mountains in Pennsylvania are loud people. So, uh, yes, I am a Penn State fan, and I have witnessed a few games in the stadium to uh, to mention. Uh, yes, I have witnessed the whiteout game there, that very picture right there. Um, but it, it's wild, like the ground like physically i was sitting very close to the field and the ground physically shakes and i i was like i was amazed i was just like this is crazy i was like is this an earthquake or like is is this people like what is going on um so it's it's unbelievable to me the amount of people they can fit in that stadium um in the wintertime, don't go because uh, if it's snowing, like I went, uh, I went against Maryland and it was uh, like late November and it was snowing. Oh my God. Outdoor football and snow don't mix together well, uh, whether you're a player or a fan, point blank. Uh, because I think my tushy was frozen to the seat the entire game. Uh, I, I couldn't, I don't think I could get up. I think I had to get a pickaxe to just chisel my butt away from the seat. That's what it felt like. Um, but no, it's so big. It's so loud. I don't know how I can't pick it as my number one. Yeah. I, I, I For my number one, Tiger Stadium, I, I got to go along the same lines as you are. I definitely agree. If, you know, some parts of the stadium are, are steeper than others. And, you know, that's something that I do not like. Yes, I have, have, have sat in the upper deck. So that's why I said it's like double God the amount. bless of your speed. soul. Yeah, it was like a couple of years ago uh, whenever Mississippi State uh, came here. It was like 20, I would say like 2012. It was like something, bef- you know, I don't know. It was like the Jerry Lee years. Man, we're uh, but we went way back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've gone way back uh, to games and Tiger Stadium. You know, I'll say it here as well. Uh, I'm an LSU fan. So, I mean, I'm, I mean, we're biased uh, towards, uh, you know, our number one stadiums because, you know, we've experienced it the most i think that's why like you know it's close to our heart you know we've had a couple experience you know that's really created a lot of memories and i think a lot of fans you you know whatever your number one stadium is you know you have you know that game you know that game you know that really sticks with you you know i have a lot of games with you obviously the recent year of 2019 i i was i went to the lsu versus florida game man that atmosphere was honestly the craziest that i've ever been a part of you know the 2007 Florida game as well, because it seems like the Florida games are always the best home games. Uh, the Auburn games as well is always close. But yeah, you know, LSU fans are really passionate about it. You know, 
the tailgating, I mean, if we do top five tailgating, tailgating's got to be number one for me as well. You know, just the, you know, you go to a tailgate, you know, even if you're wearing like opposite colors, like LSU fans, uh, you know, will let you come to their tailgate, eat the food. So, yeah, I mean, if you're not, like uh, you said, if you're not from Louisiana, Tiger Stadium is probably not for you. Yeah, uh, I would, I would, I think I texted you after that 2019 game against Florida. Yeah. And, I, and I think I asked you point blank, are you still alive? Uh, just because it looked like a mass chaos. It, it like, was. I was. I thought I was going to start seeing frying pans in the stanchions. People <laughs> beating each other you over the head. That night, you would have, but uh, no. But I yeah, I, I don't think I ever would have went to another LSU game after that. I'd been like, no, I'm done. Like, I, I think no, I. I, think I mean, those experiences keep coming back, and you know, go all the way back to how loud Tiger Stadium is. Uh, you know, I think it was like in the 1990s or 1980s, uh, whenever LSU was playing Auburn. Auburn was up six nothing. LSU scored a touchdown uh, in the end zone uh, in the, I think it was, yeah, the north end zone, and it caused a size of an earthquake. So it's known as the earthquake game. So, yeah, Tiger Stadium, you know, and Beaver Stadium, you know, you can't really, you know, argue, like like I said, both for 1A and 1B. And uh, I would say both, uh, uh, you know, both valleys, Happy Valley and Death Valley, are, are on a class of their own. Now, honestly, I'm more in- interested in, you know, this took way more time. Honestly, I'm just going to say point blank that this list took way more time. Our top five uniforms. Now, don't come at us. I know there's a classic uniforms, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State, Alabama, Notre Dame. That We know those top fives. These more uniforms are kind of shifted to, you know, what do you, what do we think, you know, overall, like, looks the best? And, like, they're they're the out unique? They're out there. Let's just right. say they're. Oh yeah, they're out. They're way out there. So keep that. Just keep that in mind as we go through. So number five for you is Michigan. Yeah. Um. Something about the Wolverines helmets. Uh. Keeps keeps me drawn back to them. I I like their helmets. They're so cool. They're unique. There's nothing like them in college football. Uh. And, and it's just. I think it's timeless. Um. And I like their all. People were bashing their all blue uniforms, but with the helmet, it looks good. I think with the with the highlighter accent. I'm gonna start calling it highlighter now from now on. Now that I've said that, um, highlighter. And uh, I think I like that accent a little bit, and and I like their uniforms. Their times, like I said. Yeah. Number five, I'm going to go with a prize pick of UCF. You know, I just, I'm just a fan of black uniforms in general, especially uh, black and gold uniforms. I just think both of those colors uh, uh, look good. And I know it's remote focus on this list about the normal uniforms, but they came out with some space uniforms. And that is honestly like some of the most creative and like sick looking jerseys uh, that I've ever seen, but even like UCF's like all white and then all black uniforms are, are, are really good. And that's why I have it on the top five. So going into number four, you have the West Virginia Mountaineers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, don't, don't Kinda looks the, like Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Don't get the idea that I'm picking the same color scheme every single time. No, this is the only two that are close. No, I, I their font on their uniforms is just straight gas, and I love it. it uh, something about 
the lettering like look if you're if you're if you're watching this right now and and you see number 53 a big old boy there on the right <laughs> that boy that's the coolest lettering that three man i'd just be wanting be one of number three there because that thing is cool and i that's love funny. it and i have yeah. looked into getting one of these uniforms and i just can't find them hmm Interesting. My number four is Boise State, a team uh, that we talked about, their blue field and their blue unis are just as cool as their blue field. Uh, you know, you see here, they got the all white, they got the all orange and even the all black. I, I'm going to keep it on this all. Like if it's an all black uniform, it's probably going to be on my top five. It's not if you're watching on Twitch, it's not seen here, but they're all black. So it's like one of the most sick uniforms in all of college football. But I just got to go with Boise State. I, I know I'm not really a fan of orange. But, you know, Boise State is just such an iconic, you know, group of five school that's, you know, going back to the Kellen Moore days and, you know, going now. But, yeah, you know, all three of these uniform options are just really clean. Yeah. All right. Going to number th- our top three now, you got BYU. Good old Mormons out there in Provo, Utah. Uh, if they do one thing right, it's it's uniforms. If they do one thing right, it's uniforms. Uh, I think they take full advantage and they make some of the coolest uniforms uh, I've seen in college football. That's if you can stay up for one of their games to see them on the field. Uh, Like I've mentioned previously, that most of the time it's past my bedtime when BYU plays their football games. So I make I mainly see their reruns and I'm like, man, those are sick uniforms. And they're always wearing a cool one. Like their navy blue unis are sick. And it's it's like and then their normal royal blue is the perfect shade of blue. It's not like piercing, like eye piercing, uh, like you know, Tulane or or, uh Ole Miss, where it's just like I want to wrap myself up in a blanket while I'm three years old. (laughs) This one is like uh, it's cool. It's neat. It reminds me of Kentucky a little bit. Yeah, it, it does. Uh, really like those. And I mean, that's going to be a sneak peek for my top two pick. Uh, number three is going to be Michigan for me. Like you said, I mean, the helmet is probably the best helmet in college football. I think the best move was going to, to Jordan brand. I just, I just like the numbers better. I don't, I don't know. something about it. You know, all that, I'm going to say all highlighter color that you're seeing on Twitch is I'm not really a fan of, but you know, the all blue and all white, really a clean uniform. And, you know, whenever you see that uniform, you know, it's Michigan. So just how iconic it is, it has to be my top three. So now let's go to the top two. You, you know, good and well, going back to Michigan, you know, good and well, if Harbaugh ever leaves that program, Jordan will be forever stripped from their football program. <laughs> you do realize that. Uh, I agree, but for now, I'm going to enjoy it while I can. <laughs> All right, top two, you have probably a surprise here to some fans listening to the show. Kansas State. Yeah, good old K-State. Um, Something about the purple with the white just is so cool to me. Um, my favorite color is purple, so I, I, it looks sick just on the field. Um, they haven't won many games in that uniform. Uh, I, I wish they did. Um, in in the all whites with the purple numbers and accents like that, because it looks awesome. And even their purples look cool. So mm-hmm. so, 
they have to be my number two pick. My number two pick uh, was your number three pick, uh, BYU. I mean, whenever I was playing NCAA 14, I felt like uh, I had to do a dynasty with BYU just because of these three uh, uniform combinations. You know, the royal blue, you know, you got the navy blue, you got the all white. You know, I'm looking at the visor here for that all white, and my gosh, that that is just – honestly, this is probably the three cleanest uniforms in all of college football. You know, BYU – you know, even going back, uh, you know, to their olden days, uh, wore these uniforms a- as well. But they definitely uh, really have kept it up throughout the years. And uh, BYU has got to be in my top two. So now to our well, number well, one just pick. To, just to reflect on, on your on your comment of the visor, uh, that visor looks exactly like my polarized sunglasses. So uh, yeah. if I had a full-length shield of my polarized sunglasses, <laughs> I would stare at the sun uh, all day long, like my doctor says not to. Absolutely. And to our number one pick, probably a consensus number one, and that's got to be the Oregon Ducks. Yeah. Um, aside from the highlighter jersey. Um, yeah, that is, I, that's awful. And the big oh numbers too. God, just put it on a hot dog already. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I like their, I like their choice of greens when they, when they mm. do their uniforms. Uh, definitely not their traditional green because their traditional green is a darker green yeah Um, like the dark green that they used to wear dude i want to know one of these days i want to get an interview with you know somebody within the equipment staff of oregon and say how much i just want to ask just off the cuff how much money do you people spend per season on new uniforms because i'm sure it's north of a million dollars oh yeah for sure it's insanity to me but they're cool yeah i definitely agree uh i think the only thing knocking the oregon uniforms like i said was just the big number fonts it it felt like they just went to microsoft words like hmm let's do times new roman and then let's do 72 font and put it on a football (laughs) uniform it's like, who, like, come on. I honestly was more of a fan of the old, the older, like, uh, you know, during the Marcus Mariota days and the, the Anthony Thomas days, whenever Oregon was that. But I definitely agree, like, except for the all highlighter yellow. I, we might as well just call it highlighter for most of these teams because that's what it is. Uh, but, yeah, Oregon, you know, with Nike headquarters pretty much being in their backyard, uh, Oregon's uh, definitely a number one pick. And, yeah, it's 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 weird because teams like Oregon have you know the capability to, and it's it's weird. Like Penn State's one of those teams too, where they are sent sample stuff. It's weird. Like Nike will come out with stuff and they'll give it to certain teams, uh, kind of like generic stuff, and they'll say, "Hey, try this out." Hey, try this out. And they're like guinea pigs for the organization. Just like give it a shot and practice one day and see how it is. And that's how a lot of the Nike stuff, just a sneak peek behind Nike. That's how a lot of Mm -hmm. Nike stuff comes out like that. They give it to teams to try and they get their feedback. Um, And I think that's a big thing with equipment managers that deal with a lot of Nike stuff. Um, and, And I think it's cool. But one thing we haven't seen from Oregon yet this season, and I'm waiting to see it. It might happen soon. It's the orange duck feet. 
Uh, I don't know if we're going to see that. Yeah, I definitely saw that where they have a, like, I think it's like all white uniform and they yeah. have orange cleats that they wear. I, I just don't know like orange. how that's going to look. I just feel like the team who's going to play them that week is just going to laugh at them. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. Well, guys, uh, you might just be on like the O line, like they're gonna be like lined up on the line of scrimmage, and like they're gonna be like quack, 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 quack. It's <laughs> good old Mighty Ducks in back. It's gonna be like Donald Duck comes out of nowhere. Oh my god! Uh, well, guys, that's gonna wrap up our first week for top five Thursdays. That's top five yes. Thursdays, week four. Uh, we will be right back with you guys on Tuesday. Quick turnaround. We will, we will absolutely. We will break down this weekend's upcoming matchups. That is the ones that we picked on Tuesday. We'll probably break those down on to on next Tuesday, and we're gonna break down these matchups from Thursday next Thursday probably. Uh, just kind of you know keep things pretty uniform. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> but uh, that is gonna wrap it up for this top five Thursday. Thank you, Tyler, for joining me again. Yep, always a pleasure. Absolutely. On episode four, week four of the college football season, we're moving right along, diving into the season uh, with conference play this week. So uh, definitely will be glued to the TV this weekend. Absolutely. Um, If you guys are on Twitter, (laughs) say that again. No one bother us. Correct. Yeah. Nope. I'm going to put my phone on do not disturb this weekend. Um, but if you guys are watching on Twitch, you can see our social media links right there uh, for Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Uh, if you guys are listening on anywhere you get your podcast, our Twitter is CFB underscore coast to coast. That is CFB underscore coast, the number two coast. Uh, we will catch you guys on Tuesday and uh, have a great rest of your day. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.